Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. This summer, we are revisiting dates of dark days past with the benefit of hindsight, growth, and a little bit of laughing at ourselves. A lot. There's a lot of laughing at ourselves. A whole lot. Yep. Today, we're bringing back Lenny the Liar, our one and only crossover episode from two years ago, originally published in September 2021. We're reflecting on why some people lie, men with good looking hair, and why we put up with shenanigans that we shouldn't. Stay tuned to listen to this oldie but a goodie dating story. Then stick around after the episode for a brand new discussion. This is Second Chance Summer from Thirsty the Podcast. Have you ever gone out with someone and thought, hmm, something's just not right here? Maybe they seem to be holding back. Maybe the details they shared were just a little bit off. Maybe they were hiding a really big secret. This is Thirsty the Podcast, Lenny the Liar. All right, so today we're going to tell a story about a guy that uh, Laura and I actually both went out with. It's a crossover episode. (laughs) Yeah, crossover. Big uh, north side suburbs crossover ep. (laughs) You're in Chicago. It was this man named Lenny. Um, I met him on Tinder. I actually thought he was totally boring. I thought he was so, so boring. Um, but he actually ended up being way more exciting than I bargained for. <laughs> certainly more than Laura bargained for. And it turned into a whole thing. I remember I matched with Lenny on an app last fall. Uh, he didn't have a lot of information on his profile, but he was super attractive. He was really attractive. Super cute. Super cute. Yeah, super cute. Um, he was a dad. Laura knows I love a dad, you know, and he also happened to share my love for Taco Bell car lunches. We connected mm-hmm. over our love of Crunchwrap Supremes. Laura doesn't agree with that one, but no. I mean, I'm into it. <laughs> um, I remember we chatted for a little bit and I was like, oh, this is this is kind of fun. You know, it was really fun. He had a lot to say. He was super chatty, made a lot of jokes. He was really good at the banter back when I cared about banter. <laughs> um, now so much. I, I'm not so into that. But back then I was very wowed by it. He was really good at talking and making jokes. And it just went. It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and right away, like after only a day, he asked me to meet for coffee. I like coffee. So I said yes. Um, we made some plans. It was during COVID, which made everything more complicated. Um, so we actually met outside on a park bench <laughs> with our coffees because that's how ridiculous lockdown dating is. You know, you just like, hey, here's a, a corner, a street corner. Meet me there. I was surprised because he was actually super attractive in person. I would say Lenny is probably, I don't know, maybe like top 5% of attractive. Really cute. Pretty cute. Yeah, even more than his pictures. He was a great dresser. I remember he had great sneakers. He had a great shirt on. His hair was on point. Um, And he was fun in person, too. He also smelled great, which is very important. So anyway, it was all like, oh, I was like, I kind of underestimated this date. I think I might be into you. Um, We hung out for like an hour. But it, it soon became really apparent beyond looks and personality, there wasn't much there. Like, we had a good time together, but, like, we didn't actually talk about anything substantial. It was all small talk, really superficial. We, I had a good time with him, but that was it. Um, we parted ways. And I remember thinking, you know, where'd he go? Because I didn't hear from him at all after that. That's weird. Um, but then out of the blue, a month later, 
he asked me out and I was like that's weird why do you like go radio silent for a month and then ask me out and I was seeing somebody else at that point anyway I was seeing a tennis player by then so I was over the gray dresser in the Taco Bell but then okay so everything went dark six months later the tennis player and I had broken up so I was back on the market back on the apps trolling um and Lenny actually popped up on my list on one of the apps there's this thing where you can see who liked you and he popped up on there I was like hmm maybe I'll just give this another try maybe you know maybe we just needed a second date so anyway I swiped right we went on our second date yeah six months later (laughs) and on the second try he was still boring still very boring so I just gave up yeah it was just so boring I remember he worked in finance I mean what are we going to talk about spreadsheets no that's not my life like I do I draw pictures and flashing lights and poems and things like that was just never going to work we had nothing in common um there just wasn't much there so gave up on that that was just over Mm. however like two weeks later cut to Laura (laughs) matched with Lenny on the very same app I did Laura had never seen a picture of Lenny I had never usually we trade pictures because we don't want to go out with the same person because that's gross we don't want to do that. <laughs> We're very, we have different tastes, but we just want to double down and be sure we don't go out with the same person, you know, friend code. Um, I recognize Lenny. She showed me his picture and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's cute. I think I might want to go out with him. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I went out with him. I went on two dates with him. I'm definitely not interested. You go for it. Like it never went anywhere. So you go nuts. Yeah, so I matched with Lenny and not my usual type, but again, super cute in pictures and right from the beginning when we matched, super chatty and fun over text, Um, lots of back and forth and fun to talk to, Um, again, light and fun, nothing serious, obviously we just matched, Um, but interesting and I I enjoyed it, it was fine, Um, but then very quickly he let me know that um, he had something he had to tell me. Which is never a good sign when you're just matched with somebody, just chatting, and they have a big reveal. It's never good. It's never a good thing. Well, as it turned out, Lenny didn't live in the Chicago area. He lived out of state, five, six hours away, and um, was up in the Chicago area one week out of the month for work. So this was interesting because by this point, Heather, you and I had realized that we had both talked to the same person. And you didn't know that Lenny did not live in the Chicago area, did you? No, he gave me the distinct impression that he lived in Elmhurst. He talked about picking up his kids from his ex-wife's house. And, like, he gave me the distinct impression that he lived in the area. Like, I did not misunderstand anything. Yeah, so this was a surprise. And I remember we are messaging back and forth trying to figure out what was happening here? Like, where was the truth? Where was the lie? But I'm like, well, he was really upfront with me right away about where he lived. And then it made sense. Also, he was only here one week a month. You went out with him, didn't hear from him for another month. So it yeah. made a lot of sense. Things that- are start- And here's the important thing. Lenny doesn't know that Laura and I know each other. Correct. He, th- he yes. just thinks we're totally disconnected. Yeah, at that point, he didn't know anything. He eventually learned. He learned of the connection because we talked about you, Heather. That was also weird. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, so he doesn't know that we're trying to connect some dots. And the timing and the cadence of it makes sense that he's probably telling me the truth, that he does live out of state and that he lied to Heather on their two dates, which is 
I was like, weird what? And, Why is yeah. this necessary? <laughs> and of course, I'm disappointed. I'm like, well, he's cute and he seems fun. And of course, he doesn't live here. Reminder, Lenny is super smoking hot. Super hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I should have just said thanks, but no thanks and moved along with my usual dumpster fire dating. I kept on talking to Lenny. Well, and he's outside your 30-minute dating radius, too. So that was another strike against him. Five hours away, so that's not ideal. It's not the lying. It's how far away he lives. (laughs) But we keep on talking. He was headed back down to his actual home the next day. So uh, I didn't expect to hear from him again. And then all of a sudden the next day, he's texting me or messaging me again. And there's lots of back and forth and sends me a picture of him with his kids or something. So he's very chatty and very communicative. And at that point, I'm like, ugh, this feels kind of weird because you also have that feeling when somebody isn't even local and they're traveling a lot for business or you know that situation. Are they married? Are they divorced? Like what is their story? Because they can kind of write their own story at that point. Um, I'm not saying any, everybody who travels for work is a liar. However, it's a very convenient and odd situation to be trying to actively date somewhere where you're only there one week out of the month. And he was very actively yeah. trying to date as we've learned. <laughs> Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, he didn't live in a small area. Like, I'm sure there are available single women there where he According lives. to him, there were not, Heather. There was nothing down there. Yeah. Lies. Lies. So we know he was actively trying to date because Heather went out with him twice in six months. Um, so it wasn't a fluke that he matched with both of us in the Chicago area when he was up here for work. He was very actively looking for women to date. He was so proud. He had dated somebody in the Chicago area for a few months before that. Um, so that was kind of his thing, like to try and find somebody up here. So again, I should have stopped talking to him, but I didn't stop talking to him. I kept on messaging with him and messaging with him. I think we exchanged cell phone numbers, which also I don't know why. Um, And so we were texting. And then I was like, you know what? I feel really funny about this. I don't feel comfortable that you're divorced. Like, you know, whenever a red flag goes up, well, usually you should walk away. But if you don't walk away, you should at least ask some questions. So I asked some questions. (laughs) At least get a good story out of it. As previously mentioned, the more we share these dating stories, the more Laura and I judge ourselves for the things that have happened in our dating life. (laughs) This is not a fine one for me. It's not the men that are that awful. Like, we're actually the bad ones. (laughs) So I let him know I was uncomfortable. I'm like, it seems like, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable if you're divorced or not. And he said, oh. He was always so reassuring with every question. He's like, I hear that a lot from women up in Chicago. Like, I understand my situation's kind of weird. What can I do to reassure you? And so we decided to FaceTime. So it's like a Saturday, Saturday afternoon, and he FaceTimes with me from his bedroom. It looks like a, a nice, didn't look like a single man lived there. It was a very nicely well put together bed, bedroom situation. Middle of the day, said his kids were in the other room watching a movie. They're, you know, uh, again, if he was married, then why would he be able to do that? I think was his justification. So of course we FaceTime. He's real cute. <laughs> really, really cute on FaceTime. He got, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. We should have named this Lenny the smoking hot guy. <laughs> the smoking hot liar. Um, yeah. So 
we FaceTime and I feel kind of better about it, I guess, because it was like an impromptu FaceTime. It's not like he had to rearrange things or wait for something within probably 10 minutes of us talking about FaceTiming. We're on FaceTime. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it's fine. I don't know. Um, so we do that FaceTime and then we're still texting more and we're texting more over probably the next week. I would say it was a lot of texting, but pretty good researcher and I do like to know who I'm speaking to all of our radar gone off like all the alarm it was like if you're in it's like when the smoke alarm goes off and the sprinklers go off and the security alarm goes off we were just like what is happening yeah here? was not good so finally we see that he still owns a house in out of state with his wife ex-wife woman I don't know the person he was married to her Facebook page is all pictures of them like there are no signs that this guy is divorced and of course at this point he's talking about wanting to come up and visit me the next time he's there he's like super flirty crossing some lines like full full everything at this point um and I'm like you know, frantically searching for divorce records, which I did find his divorce filing and it fit the timeline that he gave me, but it was never finalized. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's just different in that state and they just do it differently than they do it here. But remember too, I almost forgot, like this is how ridiculous we were. Like this was like the Laura and Heather detective agency. We mm -hmm. also found videos of his ex-wife yeah. and we zoomed in and I remember we were like, that's a wedding ring. That was from last year's wedding ring. ring. <laughs> oh, God, I'm judging us more and more the more the story goes on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely married. It was very clear he was married. So again, I'm like, we keep on talking and we'd like FaceTimed again and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just really, really uncomfortable. I'm like, I really feel like you're married and you know, I'm not okay with that. I'm like, I don't want to be going out with someone else's husband. Like that's not no. okay. And he's like, well, what can I do to reassure you? And I'm like, well, when I got divorced, I got a paper that showed my divorce was finalized. Like you, you had, something. you had a final divorce hearing that that's yes. what you could do. I'm like, I can see it through the county records. I can see it in my email. It is everywhere. I'm like, I can show you my home and no man lives here. Like, it's very obvious that I'm divorced. Like, there are a lot of ways we can prove this. So he's getting so, so he tells me, okay, I'll show you. Everything's on my work computer. I'll show it to you tomorrow. So the next day rolls around and he's like, oh, I just got a new work laptop and all of my personal documents are just gone. Of I'm course. Like, right. right. Well, you can mm -hmm. get it through the counting. He's like, I'm not paying $12 to get something that I already have. Like, he doesn't want to pay for his fake divorce record that doesn't exist. So he makes up an excuse. It's against his principles to pay for something like that. I'm like, all right. Well, I, again, I could FaceTime with you and show you my home and show you that, like, my closet is full of women's clothes. Do you want to FaceTime and do a little house tour? And show, I mean, this is how crazy this is off the rails at this point. I'm like, what? Well, this you want one is just like for entertainment value. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you I prove just, you're not married. Just show me. I'm like, show me your closet. Your closet will show me if you're married or not. That's pretty obvious because we know the women get like this much of the closet and the men get like this much of the closet. Like, yeah, we know how that goes. So we set up a, a date that evening to FaceTime. And it's maybe like 9, 9.30 or whatever time we picked. Where's Lenny? Lenny's not responding to my text. Where are you, Lenny? Next morning. Oh, I over... I fell asleep on the sofa. Of course. 
and just like completely ignores the fact that we were supposed to do this like revelatory um, house tour. So that didn't happen. He was probably styling his beautiful hair. And those blue eyes. I mean, he was cute. So hot. So very married. Um, at that point, he has nothing else that he can tell me, and I think I was finally just like, "I'm not having this. Like, I'm not going to do this. I don't know if you're married or not married. Like, but I don't want to be involved in this." And all of a sudden, he makes a big revelation over text. He's like, "Well, this is kind of weird." And you know, I wasn't. I didn't want to tell you, or I was going to tell you eventually, or whatever his little backpedaling story was. He lets me though that he did get separated. They did go through the divorce, like all the proceedings leading up to finalization, and then they decided not to go through with it, and they reconciled, and then they split again, and now they're living together, but just living separate lives. Now, before this, he had told me he lived in an apartment exactly seven minutes away from where his ex-wife lived, and it was very detailed about where he lived. Now we know they live in the same home, but it's okay. She dates, he dates. It's copacetic. They're friendly. They co-parent. They just live in the same house. While she wears a wedding ring. Yes. Like, were you going to tell me that? He's like, well, I've told people before. I tell people. It's like not a big deal. And I'm like, well, I've asked you like a hundred times, like if you're married or not. And that would have been a really good opportunity at any point in time to like, let me know. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, you know, good luck to you. And, you know, I hope you figure yourself out or whatever. Like, peace out. And his response back was like, thanks. It's been fun. I hope you don't feel like this is a waste of your time. I'm like, well, that's exactly what it was. It was a waste of my time. What are you doing, crazy person? So, yeah. Um, and we should point out his not an ex-wife seems awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> we were both like, I kind of want to be friends with her. She seemed great. Yeah. She's great. So after that point and seeing how nonchalantly he responded back to me where it wasn't like, I'm so sorry, this was so I should have told you sooner. Like there was no admission of like, I could have handled that better, but I didn't. The whole like, thanks, this was fun. Well, no, this wasn't fun. I didn't particularly enjoy this. This is weird. Um, I I knew his wife's or ex-wife's or whatever their situation was. I knew her Instagram And I debated what to do (laughs) because I don't like to get involved in other people's lives. I don't like things to be messy. I don't want to be involved. Um, But he had crossed some lines with me over text where, again, if he was still married and some of the stuff he was saying and if we had met in person and whatever didn't feel okay. Heather, you'd gone out with him twice. so You had met him personally on dates. And if he's still fully married, that doesn't feel okay. Um... So I made the decision to send his wife, ex-wife, a message on Instagram and was very much like, if this is what he told me his situation was, if that's your situation, good for you. I hope it works for you. If it's not your situation, if you are actually still married and together, I'm like, if I were in your shoes, I would want to know. And so I just want you to know what's going on. Unfortunately, she has never read that message, so it just sits in my Instagram inbox awkwardly saying sent to her, and nothing else has happened. Um, But one day, I would assume she will see that, and I just hope that she's living her best and happiest life, and that if this is going on, and if it wasn't known to her that she has found out, because everyone deserves to know if that's happening. 
Um, yeah. And I haven't seen or heard from Lenny since, but Heather, I think you possibly have. Oh my God. I, yes. I yeah. forgot about that part. Yeah. So <laughs> like two weeks ago, Lenny liked me again. Like he on that little like list of like people that liked you, he popped up on there again. I almost swiped right just to give him the business, but I didn't because I ne I never gave him my phone number. So, <laughs> so the, that was the only way he could contact me is through the app. But yeah, I don't know what is wrong with him that he thought I was going to want to talk to him. <sighs> so many things. So confusing. He's terrible. Yeah. So. so. Okay. So there's a lot to talk about here. Mm -hmm. um, just so much. That was um, one of the more ridiculous dating stories that we have. Our, our definitive one and only crossover episode. I don't anticipate yeah. that there yeah. will be it's any It's not happening others. again. <laughs> no. No. Because we're not dealing with Oceanians. Um, first of all, so something that's a hot topic in dating, or at least it has been for me, and I know you've brought it up, are background checks. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I background check every – if it gets to the point where I'm going to meet someone in person 100,000%, I background check them. Yep. What do you do, Laura? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I won't meet anybody if I don't know who they are in real life. Um, actually, the only time I broke my rule and I said, I'm going to just like do some old-fashioned dating and I'm going to go out with somebody and not know who he is in real life. And we went to dinner and I found out the next day he was married. So – I can't old-fashioned date because I can't no. hit that level of trust when, with somebody I meet on a, a dating app. Like, I I can't do it. I need to know background. I think we both have hit on some people where, you know, things were probably a little bit too messy in their lives. And I personally don't like inviting messiness into mine. So I kind of want to know, um, you know, where people are at, where they're coming from, um, to make sure that I feel comfortable um, meeting up with yeah. them. Well, there's yeah. just, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I think you and I both have pretty good radar, um, you know, in terms of reading people and you and I always wait a bit before we, meet. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I know a lot of people are, will like meet and they are meet online, then they want to meet in person really fast. I usually like to give it a minute. I like to give it a beat because A, that takes, we're parents, we have jobs, we have careers, life is so busy. Also, mm -hmm. there's a pandemic. And like we're just, I'm just you and I just for the most part don't jump straight to that most of the time. Um, so if it does get to the point where we're going to meet in person, I always have to check because some of these guys are liars. Like they are. I think we've busted between the two of us five to six men who were married. Yep. And totally lying about it, like lying their butts off. Yep. Some of them are really good at it. Like in a way that was like, wow, you yep. really have no problem lying about this, like at all. Yeah, I mean, that one dinner date I had, he let me know all about his custody schedule. He let me know his puppy was a pandemic puppy that he got after the divorce. I mean, it was a very, very detailed situation, and they definitely were still very married and living together, as I found out. So, yeah, these lies just roll on out there. Um, and I don't – then, like, who are you even having a conversation with, and what's the end goal there? Like, it, none of it makes any sense. So – it's so um, ridiculous. Um, yeah, because, like, I do wonder, like, what are they trying – like, are they trying to have an affair? Is it just attention? Like, I clearly it's, it's not attention. going anywhere. Like, it's not like he's – it's not like – I did have one person tell me, hey, I'm married. I want to have an affair. And I was like, Ugh. okay, I don't want to be a part of that. Thank you for telling me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, bye. Um, but the other ones, like, we just found out. They were just lying about it. There was one guy. I remember my radar went off. And I was like, something's just a little bit weird here. And I looked him up, and he had been charged with felony assault. Yeah. 
And I was about to, you know, drive my butt on out to meet him for coffee with an assaulter. Yeah. So that was not good. I'm glad I figured that out. I blocked him immediately. But you well, have I had to do a, I that. Had, yeah, I mean, I had one who had a substance abuse problem who worked in the medical field. And I think he had access to a lot of pills. And I think it destroyed his career pretty badly. And that's just a lot like and I'm not saying that's an undateable person, but I also would need to know that up front before meeting them like that's something I wouldn't want to find out on a first date. I feel like that's a lot to process having gone out with somebody who had just gotten out of rehab. That was the first person I dated after my divorce. I was not prepared for <laughs> that information yeah, right away. So, um, you know, not being up front is a kind of puts you in a hard situation when it's really big stuff. Um, and then obviously any legal or domestic battery stuff, or I think we've all hit on some of that. And that's just, we have small children, like we are single women, yeah, you no. have to be so careful. So I think also, you know, something we talk about a lot too, is that a lot of men that we go out with don't realize all the time that we look into their, you know, who we're meeting. Um, some do, I think some get it or some understand what we send, like the, you know, that we try and be safe or let our friends know where we're going or whatever that is. Uh, but a lot of men, you know, they just throw out their cell phones like it's no big deal and who they are and give all this information. And I can't be comfortable doing that unless I have a sense of who I'm talking to. But, you know, I don't think they view the the safety thing as much or they just don't think about it. So. We have to be careful. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, to state the obvious, I think men sometimes forget like in in these situations most of the time like they're bigger than me I like no matter how much I work out like there's only so much I'm going to be able to do and mm -hmm. so most women do background check the men they go out with you know I remember there were a couple guys on the first date somehow it came up and I have I make no apologies and I don't pretend I say oh yeah I background check everyone I go out with and they're like what that's crazy <laughs> Like, no, it's not, actually. You just don't understand because you have, you know, if you're a heterosexual man, you usually have all the power. And I don't. And, you know, I, that's just kind of reality over here. You know, and then, they, then they're like, oh, maybe it's not so ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's if you just normal. matched, if you've just matched with someone on an app and if you've chosen not to exchange cell phone numbers before you meet up for the first time, um. You can tell your friends where you're going, but your friends also don't know who you're meeting. Like, I feel like we chat enough about who we're talking to or whatever. And, you know, enough information is exchanged. <laughs> yeah, so, but at least someone else in the world knows where we're going and what we're doing, which yeah. is so important. And that who we're meeting, um, it's incredibly important. Otherwise, you're just running out for coffee, but with a stranger. Like, you're a stranger. I've talked to you on an app for three days. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. So you can't be offended that I need to know if you have any, you know, felonies or misdemeanors or whatever. If you have a speeding ticket, totally fine. I'm fine with it. I see that criminal filing pull up. I'm okay with those. That that can happen. But anything beyond that is not okay. So No, and we nope. do a lot of bathroom updates, and this is where I'm going. That kind of actually made me sad. I remember on some of my first dates because I was like, oh, nobody would know if I got kidnapped, you know, because, like, no, yeah. there's nobody at home waiting for me. Like, I know that sounds so dumb because I'm on a date. Obviously, no one's at home waiting for me. Some <laughs> of these married men have, have women at home waiting for them, but I am actually single. 
<laughs> you know, I did have kind of a sad moment. But yeah, yeah, I remember you and I would do like, this is where I'm going. This is when I'm supposed to be here. Bathroom update. He doesn't seem like someone who's going to kidnap me. But FYI, okay, yeah. tell me when you're home. I mean, back back in my beginning dating post-divorce, I would let our friend Kristen know, who's not local, I would let her know who I was going out with and where I was going. And she had the cell number of one of my guy friends here because I didn't want to have him deal with each and every date I was going on. And so she had his contact info. And if I messaged her and was like, something's not okay, then she was supposed to call him and he was supposed to come save me. That was the plan, which sounds ridiculous. But, like, my married friends don't fully understand this. They think I'm crazy anyway. They're like, are you being safe? Is it okay? Like, they don't understand the whole dynamic. And so that's hard. You know, you, until, you know, Heather, you and I, I think are lucky that we're both local and that we can do that for each other. Like, you really do need a buddy because. Yes, a buddy system. It's a lot going on out there. So, yeah, very important to be safe and to not feel bad about doing what you need to do to feel safe. Yeah, like even if you are going a little overboard, like just feeling safe matters. Yeah. I mean, if you end up on the date, then kudos for your date because they passed the test initially, like nothing frightening in their background. You have showed up. So clearly they've done something right. And after that, it's on them to be a good person. So, (laughs) yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so you and I both feel like we have seen a lot of married, like it feels like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the exact statistics, but it feels like we've met or come across quite a number of married men lying about it. And then the one or two that are open about being Mm -hmm. terrible people. Um, how commonly are we seeing this? Like, why do you, why do you think it's happening so much? Or it feels like it's happening so much now? Well, I definitely didn't feel like I hit on this when I was dating like three years ago when I was kind of starting this whole thing. Um, I don't think I had that happen at all. Um, So it's surprising to me the amount that either we've met in person or gotten figured out over the apps before we've actually met them seems like a lot. I don't know if it's the pandemic. We know a lot of divorces are unfortunately coming out of the pandemic. I think we both have seen a lot of friends go through that process. Heather, you've gone through that process during the pandemic. So if that's bringing about a lot of just unhappiness and people starting to, you know, see what else is out there, get away from home, I don't know. Like, what do you think? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, because I'm a a new divorcee, but the only thing I can it, – it's kind of – I think two things. One, like, it feels like with lockdown, people are just so miserable and desperate to go out and have, like, a feel-good moment. Like, that maybe they are doing some immoral things to get it. And they feel justified in doing it because, you know, maybe it's so bad at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can only guess. That's not the decision you, either you or I made. Like, we filed and did the things you're supposed to do before you get yeah. out there. But – um. The other thing I wonder is if – I think sometimes when you are divorcing or divorce and, and you've done that, like I kind of think – and I think I think it's right to do this, but I think we're kind of hard on these people too that are in bad marriages. I mean, I guess I still have a hard time saying it's wrong for me to feel this way, but like part of me is like, I filed. Why don't you file? Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. If you're really that – why are you lying to this person? Why don't you just say, hey – this isn't working for me anymore. I want to date other people and then like be upfront about it. Like, why are you doing all this lying? 
I wonder too if uh, there are a, a certain percentage of people who, I mean, getting a divorce is scary. Saying you want to get a divorce is scary, and it feels a little less scary if there's someone to jump to next. And so I wonder if it's kind of an attempt to make a soft place to land when you do go through that process, if that is your intent, or again, you're on the fence and you feel like that's a good way to figure out if you want to start, you know, dating again or leaving your marriage or whatever. Also not a good way to go about it. Um, I feel like you need to figure those things out first before you try and talk to anyone else. Um, but it might feel like almost a, a safety move of, you know, who else is out there for me? Let me find that out before I figure out my mess at home, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that because some people just are so scared of the idea of being alone. I mean, mm-hmm. I was scared. Yeah, super scared. I mean, were you scared? Like, but I feel like we did it the way you're supposed to do it, like by telling the truth and all those things. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It doesn't mean and you need I- to lie to everyone. <laughs> Yeah. And there's a difference too, where I think like being in a little bit of a gray area, like I had some transition points where I was dating and, you know, still kind of in a little bit of gray area with my divorce. But that's very different than going out on a date and just blatantly lying. Like I never lied about having a set custody schedule and he lives here and I live there and this is what's happening and kind of creating a fake life. Like the people we've encountered have created these these complete falsehoods. It wasn't, you know, if Lenny had just been a little more upfront in, look, my life looks a little messy from the outside, but here's what's happening on the inside. And, you know, I know that's hard to trust, but here's what's going on. Would have been a whole lot better than two weeks worth of lies about a life that didn't exist because you could never believe somebody after that. It was just lie after lie after lie before he finally came clean to whatever the new story was. So... It just doesn't work. So then to one thing that I think is a controversial touch point for sure, because I think a lot of people have strong opinions about this. If you know something like this is going on, like unequivocally, it's not it's not in question. You know for sure that this person is cheating or trying to cheat, you know, because you're you and me talking to Lenny <laughs> uh, with the great hair. Um, do you tell their spouse what's going on? I mean, obviously, I chose to with Lenny, and I chose to send that message that still has never been read, but I put it out there. I I felt better saying something than not saying something. And for me, it was because I felt like he had crossed a lot of lines um, to the point where it just felt really uncomfortable, and I felt like I needed to say something. But like the other married guy that I went on one date with, and I found out after that he'd been lying about his name and was married and all of this other stuff... Other than, yes, he went out on a date with me, there wasn't anything, you know, he wasn't trying to sleep with me or he didn't, there wasn't anything else that had happened where I felt like I needed to get involved. Um, And that situation also, like, he didn't live that far from me. So I also kind of wanted to stay out of that situation um, for better or worse. I mean, there's no good answer here, but I didn't feel comfortable reaching out in that situation because that exchange was like a few days of texting, a date, and then nothing else. Nothing else happened. So I don't know. Yeah. What about you? Well, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think you should never do anything where it could put you in danger. And everyone does what they're comfortable with. And and you're not the one cheating. Mm-hmm. They are. So I, I don't necessarily think you have any obligations here. I don't think you're like supporting cheating by not telling the spouse. Like I, I don't really believe that. I think everyone does what they're comfortable with. And that's okay. I think for me, I'm – I'm probably, unless I feel like I'm endangering myself or putting myself in a eh, situation, um, I'm always going to tell. 
because, I mean, I was cheated on. Back when I was um, in my late 20s, I was in a three-year relationship with someone. We were engaged, and I found out by looking at phone records that he'd been cheating on me the entire three years. And I remember I was so – well, and funnily, I had gotten multiple messages over those three years. Hey, he's cheating on you with me. And somehow he talked his way out of it. And I I don't know what was wrong with me that I believed him. Like, I think I just, I felt like he loves me. There's no way. The guys are so good. And I felt so dumb, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because he was cheating on me. Um, I don't, I don't know what was wrong with me. I consider myself a smart person, but for some reason, I I don't know what was wrong with me. Uh, Again, judge myself. But um, I've been cheated on, hardcore cheated on. And I actually called off my wedding three months before the ceremony so i was like well this is not a good idea so i made one smart decision in that relationship Mm -hmm. and called it off um so i think because of that i'm always going to tell yeah she might get mad or she'll just ignore it or whatever but i don't i don't know like i i just for me like i i think i would have to tell i would have to tell that woman because i don't i don't know i i just think it feels so terrible to be cheated on and lied to and I don't know. I, I think people deserve better. And if you're in an mm-hmm. unhappy relationship or you think someone loves you and they don't, they're lying to you. It's, and it's not an open relationship. You know? Yeah. Like, it's one thing if, if that's the, those are the terms of your relationship. That's great. Um, but if but only if, one person knows that they're dating other people, that doesn't work. That's not cool. Yeah. And obviously what we see across so many dating apps is I feel like now more than ever, so many people are in – ethically open relationships and they're very upfront about it um I get annoyed when I see it on profiles because that's not for me and so I'm like oh you're cute oh you're in an open relationship next person Somehow but they're always really attractive I, I know like, they're oh, always most so of the time, cute like, oh you're so cute and like oh I don't I am monogamous I don't think yeah. I can do that <laughs> but yeah, it's so common life. to talk about now so I feel like a that's a good thing because if that's your lifestyle and it's very comfortable for people to put it out there but it also means there's absolutely no excuse for somebody to to not if that you know what I mean like if yeah you're just, just lying say, just that say point. that's what you want to do yeah yes or find not someone okay. that is also wanting to do that and because like that's not the same thing cheating and um being in an open relationship are two different things totally because mm-hmm. in one everybody has agreed to it and in the other one maybe only one person knows about it. <laughs> Which is not cool. Not okay. Um, and then lastly, lying to ourselves. Do you think there's any like th- – is any of this applicable to like the lies we tell ourselves or, you know, areas where maybe we haven't been as forthcoming as we should have been? Oh, like gosh. we can't just judge everybody else. Like where have we screwed up on that spectrum? I mean, in the Lenny situation, I definitely lied to myself and thinking, like, maybe he could be divorced when I clearly knew he wasn't. I just chose to um, not listen to all of those red flags and think on the positive side. Um, And then, you know, I think where I always grapple or get nervous anytime I'm interacting with someone is, you know, I've got three kids and I live in the suburbs. Like, I tend to feel like that's a really unattractive thing, even though I shouldn't feel that way. So sometimes I have a hard time when it comes to that point in chatting of I would never lie about my situation, but I sometimes don't openly bring it up because I'm nervous that's going to be like an immediate unmatch. And then I remind myself, 
Well, then if they're unmatching with me for that, then they're not for me and I can't care about that. So, but I definitely sometimes will have that, you know, internal pause about it. So not ideal. You know, that's a really good point. And probably should make like a whole episode about this because like I've been asked, I've been thinking about that too. And I think I do that too. Like, and it's when, and really the difference is like, if I am maybe going to go out with someone who's a dad, I'll be very open about like, yeah, I'm, you know going through a divorce, I have two kids, like I'll be very open about that. But if it's someone that I'm interested in and maybe they've never been married and they don't have kids, you're right. Like I'm not as upfront. It's like I'm hiding parts of myself and you're right. Like then am I doing that dating marketing thing, like making myself as dateable as possible? Except that's that's not really me. I know, but it's weird. It's a weird it's just, it's so hard. Like, so yeah, in those situations, I won't bring up things related. I like, I let them bring up the kids, which is weird. It's also backwards. Again, I'm not ashamed of my children, but I know that saying I have three children is like a scary thing to someone who has zero children. And then again, then am I just completely undateable to them? But going back to then they're not the person for me and it would have never worked out anyway. So save yourself the time and just be upfront about your life. Ooh, well, that was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> it's so fun to go back and judge yourself just a little bit, just like a little bit of judgment there. Self-esteem issues after getting through this second chance summer idea, because, you know, as we've been preparing for this, we've been listening to episodes and I have to say, I'm kind of embarrassed of myself. <laughs> But I'm also proud of us for like putting these things out there because these are things that most people are not going to like widely like market about themselves. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I don't know. It was a lot. What was your first thought after re-listening to this episode? Um, well, after I got over the fact that my audio was so bad back then, because back then I, I don't think I ever said this, I had my mic on the wrong mode for an entire season, including this (laughs) Lenny the Liar episode. So I sounded terrible. And it turned out there was just a button I needed to hit. So things got a lot better after that. So I'm going to say that out loud. That was my first impression. I was like, oh, my audio. But when it comes to Lenny, I was really struck about how you and I got kind of caught up in being investigators. Like I remember we were all into trying to figure out what was going Mm -hmm. on. Whereas now, I don't think we would even care. Like not even for five seconds. I think we would just be annoyed, laugh at it, and we would move on. And I know that because things like this have happened since then. And you and I have been like, whatever, this is bullshit. And we have like not even given it a second thought because it's ridiculous. I seriously don't think Lenny would have lasted 10 seconds now. No, and I see that in some of those dating groups that we're in where you can tell kind of the early days people are like, I don't know, this seems kind of weird. And those of us who have been out there are like, just cut it off. It's a bot. It's a this. It's a catfish. It's a whatever. He's married. He's a liar. And like you just learn to cut it so quickly. But earlier on, and I mean, I wasn't early on dating from my marriage divorce time when Lenny came about, but it was kind of a transitional time for me where we're like well may I was still in kind of some well maybe mode um but now it's just like no just cut it like this is bullshit like what are we doing like just be be done with the nonsense because that man was such a smooth liar <laughs> like, so no. slimy he was slimy he was very slimy but like really... it was you know you that just said that that like 
I had that tiny little piece of like, well, may- maybe he's, oh, no, he was not okay. He was not okay. No. And I, um, I did kind of wonder if we were a little bit addicted to the drama and that was also back, um, that was back during total lockdown, like total mm-hmm. lockdown. You couldn't sit inside anywhere. And yeah, so part of me wonders if we just to. had a lack of entertainment options and that's why we like got off. I know. I don't know. Is that why we got all into this? I mean, what do you do when you can't go to brunch? You do well, this. You investigate, apparently. investigate lying men. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. It hit a point with me where it was just like, I know you can't prove to me that you're divorced because I know you're not divorced. And so it was like, all right. And I wasn't being a jerk about it, but I'm like, all right, you're holding so fast to this story. It's like till almost the very end before you show your cards, which was another kind of bullshit lie. But I'm like, just just prove it or not. Like, because again, the best way, I think they say the best way of proving your divorce is actually being divorced. That's one of my favorite things you've ever said on the show. Actually, (laughs) it's a good start. Actually be divorced when you say you're divorced. That's a really good It's a great way to go about things. So it was just like, he just had this constant string of like, well thought out excuses day after day while he was trying to book a flight to come see me. I mean, it was just such nonsense that it did turn into just entertainment. Well, you know, when I think our lives got better in the dating department and I, I saw a marked change after this, you, you hit it first and I was maybe six months behind you, but there was a switch that each of you hit where we just didn't care anymore. Like you're acting weird. I don't care. I don't care yeah. why. I don't care what's going on. I'm done. I'm out and I don't need to know. And our dating lives got so much better after that when I was like, I don't care. I really don't care what's going on, but this is not for me. Bye. Yeah, because you switch from what are they going to do to what are you going to do? Like they can make your own choices, not including how they're reacting or whatever, like because waiting around for that nonsense is just complete nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Logan, who I broke up with recently. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I didn't like it and I was out. And that lasted like one week. I gave him a couple chances. He didn't turn around. I was like, bye, I'm out. I mean, that shows, I think, how much you and I have changed. And I put us together because we go through all our dating experiences together, even if only (laughs) one of us is actually in the dating situation. We did a good job breaking up with Logan, didn't we? No, but no, I think there is a definite piece to not, you don't need to know the why. I think in these early days, you want to know the why you want the story. And then you hear the story and you're like, well, maybe like, if I don't like it, I don't need to know the why behind it. I just need to choose like if I'm in or out and beyond that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care that you're recently divorced and that's why you're bad at dating. I don't care why this is not going to work for me. Bye. Now at the end of the story, we talked about how you did make the decision to send a note to his wife. Cause we, I'm going to say we, because we did this all together. <laughs> we felt like she didn't know. So you sent a note. Did you ever hear back from her? Like a bunch of months later. I don't even know how long after like six, eight months later. I mean, it was, it was a significant amount of time had passed to the point where I was like, Ooh, I feel weird that I even sent that message because it just so much time had passed. Like it wasn't in the heat of the moment where things felt important anymore, if that makes sense. Like so much time had passed and I was like, fell asleep on my sofa as I do. And I woke up to this like message from her and I was like, (gasps) like my heart was racing. I'm like, what'd she say? Is this bad? Like, what's the fallout from this situation? I was so anxious about it. I can't even tell you. Um, so we did exchange some messages and she was like, 
you know, I don't check this very often. When is this from? And I kind of gave her contacts and she wanted to, you know, a little more information. And I'm like, this is what he told me again, if, if that's your situation, fine, but I felt like you should know. And she, okay. And I sent her some screenshots of some things that he had said about their situation. Cause I think that holds a lot of weight when you see, um, how they talk about your relationship, if they are in fact doing some things they shouldn't be doing, like really seeing their words as there's a lot of weight to that. So I screenshotted some things like that from a place of kindness of like, if, yeah. if you're trying to make some choices, like, I think you need to see this. And she never showed her cards as far as what their situation was, which I thought was a very like high level of restraint or a situation where this wasn't the first time because she was very tight lipped with whatever their situation was, which makes me wonder. Um, and I was very clear. I'm like, I never met him, whatever, but I'm like, yeah but he was trying to meet me. There was stuff happening and yep. So that, that's what happened. And it was, it was weird. That was definitely a weird feeling. Yeah. I mean, you had shown us uh, the message you were going to send. Cause I remember you took a lot of care in it. You're like, I don't want to hurt her, but I really do bottom line feel like she needs to know about it. Mm-hmm. So you took a lot of care in the way that you wrote that message and trying to be as kind as possible. I don't think you shared more details than you needed to. It was just, Hey, this is going on. I felt like you should know. And you just kind of left it at her door. Yeah. And again, I suspect by the way that she responded, this isn't the first time she's received some sort of message of this nature or so like it, this wasn't like if it were me and I was in what I thought was a pretty committed, maybe happy relationship. And I got a message, I would lose my mind. And I don't know that I would be able to be so put together and how I would respond to that person. I think I would be a mess. She was very, very well put together and how, how her messages to me were. Because if, again, if you've never experienced that, I think you may want to talk to that person on the phone. Like you kind of want to dig and you want more because you were like, where is this coming from? This is so out of the blue. I wasn't expecting this. Oh my gosh. I'm so taken aback. She was not taken aback. I think she was like, it's like a gathering information, but not a shocked person, if that makes sense. So yeah, not great. Do you think it's always the right decision to tell the the wife? (sighs) Hot topic. No, I think that's really hard. I think there are people who are very firmly in the camp of you should always say something and other, you know, and then the other side of it is stay out of other people's business. I kind of middle ground that a little bit, but I think what stood out in this situation is that he was actively trying to date people in a city hour, like five plus hours away from where he lives because he wasn't local to Chicago, but he was here for work regularly so it was less likely that she would find out about something happening because he wasn't doing it where they lived. He was coming up here to date people. So that situation made me feel more comfortable to reach out because it might be less likely for her to know. I feel like if people are mucking about where they live, it's going to get, <laughs> it's, it's not yeah. going to stay a secret most of the time. Yeah. Well, that brings me to, you know, that Facebook group we've talked about now, which now is up to 80,000 members in Chicago. Which is insane. I'm not going to say the name because then we're going to get kicked out of the group and I don't want to get kicked out of that group. But it's a, we've talked about before the better off babes, you know, this is how I found about Rowdy Ryan and everything he was doing. Uh, There's this Facebook group. We've talked about it before. There's over 80,000 members where women will post reviews and warnings about people they dated. It gets really serious sometimes about warning about assault. 
um, scary things, but then it also talks a lot about cheating. And so do you think, like, we didn't have this whenever we mm-hmm. were dating Lenny the Liar. Do you think this, how would that have impacted things if that group had exist, do you think? A hundred percent, this would have been somebody that you or I would have posted during that time because there were things with his story that didn't add up. So I would not have hesitated to post to try and find out more because clearly I was invested in whatever the outcome was. Um, Now I'd be like, well, just unmatch and move on. I wouldn't even bother to post because I'm like, well, this guy's just bullshit. Um, But then, yeah, I, I think absolutely he would have gotten posted. And I think there's no end to the amount of messages we would have received or we are just together as one now, Heather, uh, but we, <laughs> we would have just received so many messages about this guy because I mean, he was attractive and he was great to text with. He was great with banter, all of that. He stuff. was real cute. He was real cute. So I think he probably interacted with a lot of women in the Chicago area and there would have been a lot of activity on that post. Yeah, I'm realizing that group, I think, has much more of an impact on dating than I even realize. Because the more I think about it, a lot of the men I've dated have popped up in there. Uh A lot of them. Yep. Boyfriend hasn't popped up in there because he doesn't play like that. But (laughs) a lot of the other ones have. Okay, so big wrap up. What is your, now that, you know, that was two years ago. when I know this was published in September 2021, but it happened a little over two years ago middle of lockdown. What is your Mm -hmm. takeaway now after re-listening to it? Like that episode really should have been about three minutes. Like it shouldn't have even existed. Like I really do in in hindsight, like why I felt so invested in maybe sort of, which is funny because Lenny doesn't live that much further than where my boyfriend lives. And at that time I was like, well, maybe that distance, maybe it could work. And I'm like, well, this seems stupid. Are we going to fly back and forth? And that is absolutely the situation I'm in right now. So I would do it for the right person. Um, but never for somebody who is just like putting together so many like bullshit lies one after the other, the other, like it was just nonsense. And I think I knew it was, I think sometimes it's really hard to listen to your, your gut. And I think my gut was absolutely telling me like, this wasn't okay. We don't need to find out more. We don't need to just see what we know. We were zooming in on the logo on his shirt and his profile. Trying to figure out who he was so we could find out if he was married. And zooming in on potential wedding rings. Not okay. We were ridiculous. I mean, I know when I listened to it after I got over the bad audio, which took me a minute and a half. I really see now how not ready for a relationship I was back then, even though I, mm. I thought I was, I would thought I was like, Oh, I can do this. I can be in a real relationship. I listened to, I'm like, Oh, I'm shenanigans, you know, not as bad as Lenny, but like yeah. the drama and being ridiculous and like entertaining this. And it's really kind of brought me to my big takeaway over the last few years has been, I really feel like when you are ready for a relationship, you attract other people who are ready for a relationship and these shenanigans are actually much less because you don't entertain it like at all you don't entertain it for two seconds because you just see that you're not on the same wavelength immediately I wasn't a huge hot mess at that time but I definitely wasted my own time on something that I knew from the jump was shenanigans like I knew it and I just kept going because I don't know why yeah I think also there's just like you use the phrase entertaining multiple times and that is a piece because 
you are more likely to entertain something that is just complete nonsense. Like you just stay more open to that kind of BS than you would when you're healthy. You enter like when you're in a healthy place, you entertain literally nothing other than like the one decent person that you meet off the apps that you want to date in a real way. But when you're in dark days, you entertain a whole lot of shenanigans all around in your orbit and you just keep there just floating around you and you are responding to the messages and doing all of this nonsense. Ooh, that was rough, but it was very, it was very entertaining to listen to now that we're not in that situation anymore. <laughs> it has been a long time and I am okay with that being far back in the past. Yes. Well, thank you all for listening today and come back. Uh, so this upcoming Monday will be an episode of The Thirst Trap. So you can listen to that. Got to subscribe to listen to that. But come back in two weeks for the next episode of Second Chance Summer when we're going to dive into yet another old dating story and embarrass ourselves on this Yay. podcast. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you.